George started us out off this morning with his brief introduction or his comments that he made, and I appreciate those. I think he can work on those and make some good sermons out of them. Uh, but he talked about and used the song, The Battle Belongs Unto the Lord. And we're in a warfare, and we need to remind ourselves that indeed the battle belongs unto the Lord. There's a war going on, and in the spiritual realm, we do not see it all, or as we sometimes are in the physical realm, we do not see all that is involved in a warfare that takes place. I just know there's a world of difference between what takes place in a war room, where they got all the divisions and everything else mapped out there, and they'll move them around with their sticks, and the one who's on the battlefield doing the battle. There's a difference. Uh, the one on the battlefield may not know all that's involved. All he knows, he has a job to do, and he is to do his job. And somebody else takes care of how it's to be organized and what the directions need to be go, to go. The closest I ever came to seeing anything, which wasn't much as I look back on it, but during that period of time, it was a little, in, a little anticipation when I was in Germany, I was a security police. And this was in 1967, if you have an idea what took place in 1967 in Israel, the Six-Day War. Uh, I'm glad it only lasted six days because my unit was on alert. <laughs> if that thing had gone any longer than six days, we were headed for the, the Middle East. Uh, I don't know what in the world I was going to do as a clerk typist, but, you know, that's beside the point. But it's, that's the point as well. You have a job, and you do your job close as I came was being able to participate in some NATO exercises, communication warfare. And we had our little unit down in, in one place in Germany, and we did our little communication part, and somebody else did theirs as well. All we had to do was to do the job that was assigned to you. You didn't have to worry about the overall picture, how it all fit together, what was taking place, and who, in the, who was making those decisions that did not seem logical to you. Your job was to do your job. Spiritually, it's not quite the same, but it is along the same line. There is a warfare spiritually. The battle belongs to the Lord. He knows the battle. He knows what's going on. He knows the enemy tremendously. I mean, he knows the ins and the outs, and he knows what's going on. And he has made his preparation. And he has, and to remind ourselves, the war is really over. Satan loses. That's what Revelation tells you. If you read Revelation, when I mean, you read Revelation, you can't get it all figured out. All you know at the end is God wins and Satan loses. That's all that matters. However it unfolds during the lifetime we live, Satan loses the battle. God wins the war. And we need to be reminded of that as we strive to live our lives. But he knows, God knows, all the tactics that are used. God knows how to counter every attack that Satan uses. He knows how to use his servants, his soldiers, to counter those attacks along the way. He also knows how to equip his soldiers to be able to do the battle where they are. And that's what we need to remember is that we have a task that God has given to us. We need to be about doing that job. We read over 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 14. 
But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called, also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. Fight the good fight of faith. There are some things that you are to pursue. This is your job as a soldier. You are to pursue righteousness. That's your job. Pursue the things that are right. Ours is not to figure out how does that all work together? And how does my being righteous help defeat Satan along the way in these battles that we have to encounter? Yours is to do the job that's been assigned to you. You need to be righteous in what you're doing. You need to have godliness, to be godlike. You're to trust Him. Absolutely trust Him. We've been given a life that we, again, we're in a battlefield that, com- that, compass- that com- uh, presses or involves all things from the beginning of creation to the end of the world. It's all one big battle. You have a very small part in that battle. But you have a part. And it's important that you do your part for several reasons. One is if you do not do your part, someone else may be affected by that and not be able to survive. If a soldier does not hold his position and the enemy sneaks in, he can do damage to not only to the one who didn't hold his position, but to others who were counting on him to stand firm in the faith. So you have that responsibility of doing that which is right in the eyes of God. Be like God. Trust Him. Have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Have the Word of God hidden in your heart. So what the Scriptures teach us, is it not? Hide God's Word in your heart. Keep it in your life. Keep it in your mind. Meditate upon these things. Read Psalm 119. Again, it's that, that short one in the, in the book of Psalms. Read that one and spend some time with it. Listen as you read through it. All the verses in Psalm 119 have, have to do with the child of God and the Word of God. That's what it's about. The child of God and the Word of God. What are you to do with the Word of God? And how are you to live that life along the way? That's the psalm that helps you along the way, as do many of the other scriptures in reminding us. Reminding us, as George did this morning, we each have a position. Moses wasn't expected to do it all by himself. 
You hold those hands up for a period of time, they're going to get heavy. You have somebody helping you. That's their job. And if they did not do their job, who was being affected? Those on the battlefield. (laughs) They were being affected by that. So you do the job that God has given to you. You may not know how that fits into the picture. You don't need to. As a soldier, that's part of their, their training along the way is you hear the order, you obey the order. You don't sit down and ask, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me see how this works out. Now, you want me to do this over here. Now, how does that have any impact on what happens in a battle over here? That's not your job to figure out. Yours is to do the job you've been assigned. You're to have this godliness. You're to have this faith. You're to have love, patience, gentleness. Have that patience. Again, we tend to be somewhat impatient in the life we live. We, We tend to want answers now. Why, Lord? Why is this happening to me at this particular time? Why am I having to go through this trial, this struggle, this tribulation? Why am I having to deal with the loss of a loved one? Why am I having to deal with whatever else it may be that we're going through? The loss of a job, the loss of family, whatever else is out there. Ours is to have patience. The battle belongs to the Lord. That's it. He works it out. How would I know that? Because that's what he gave me. This reminds me all the way through it, from Genesis through Revelation. This one doesn't have it. So I hold up this one. This one has Genesis through Revelation. It has all that is necessary for us to be able to live and to serve God faithfully in our lives. And to trust him. The fact is, again, all we have to do in the physical realm... It's just look around and see how he's worked in our lives already. And then to trust him that he will continue to do his bidding in our lives to accomplish his will and his purpose along the way. We're going to have to trust God along the way. Fight the good fight of faith. There's a battle. We may not like the physical battles in in warfare. Some of those... (laughs) Some of those do not always have a just cause behind them. Everybody thinks they have a just cause behind it. It's always interesting as you get a chance from time to time to read about particular battles, wherever they, whatever one you want to be involved in, and to be able to read the history on both sides. And to see how, of course, when whatever it is that this side believes that their battle was just, and they were justified in doing these particular actions. And the ones on this side believed that their battle was just, that their cause was just. And they were making decisions based upon that particular thing. And sometimes they don't always mesh up. And that's the problem we get to work with. Ours is to trust God's battle plan is right. And ours is to trust Him in the doing of His bidding. And it's always interesting, again, to read history. And to read how things that happen, oftentimes as a circumstance or as a sidelight as to what somebody did do or somebody did not do, of how that affected battles later on or in a distant country. 
because somebody didn't communicate as they should have at the time they were supposed to. Some battles had tremendous losses because the information was not relayed in a proper time frame. We have that physically. We have it spiritually. Sometimes we do not listen to those that are in charge. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. You know, you got these people up there sitting in the White House or in the war room in Washington, D.C., and they're drawing their little maps out there making decisions, and they don't seem to have any logic to what they're doing. That may be in the physical realm, but it's not in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, God does know what he's doing. We may not like how we, that there is a battle that has to be waged. We may wish that the battle was over, the war was over, and that we could have the victory. We have a victory in Jesus, but we still have an enemy that we have to fight. We still have to resist him. But we're given what we need in the word of God for us to be able to do that along the way. Lay hold of that eternal life. Understand what the goal is. What's the end result of the battle that we're we're waging? It's eternal life with God. Is it worth it? A lot of times in in physical warfare, there are a lot of soldiers who decided (laughs) it isn't worth this. And they desert. They give in. Is eternal life with God worth it? If it is worth it, then you fight the battle. does not matter how intense it is. Because, see, we have some promises that helps us as we fight that battle to say, you have what you need. Well, I need a little bit more. No, you have what you need. You use what you have, and God will supply the rest that you need along the way as the battle continues to unfold. But to be aware of the fact that, again, that there is a battle, Reminded of that, and then again, as you go over to Second Timothy, he will talk about what we have in Christ. Fight that good fight of faith. Uh, take up that crown of righteousness that the Lord has given there in chapter 4 and verse 6 and following. Fight a battle. Fight it on God's terms with God's weapons. We do not have to be deceptive. We do not have to believe that we have to use our own cunning devices. He supplies everything that we need. He supplies the strength that we need. That's what we need to be reminded of. He supplies the strength that we need to fight the battle that is laid up before us. Going back to the book of Ephesians, and you look in chapter 3 of Ephesians, and you look at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. That you are strengthened with might in that inner man. God gives you the strength that you need. And we need that. We fight a a war, we fight in in the war that we're fighting spiritually, we fight an enemy that we do not see. And as we fight the enemy that we do not see, we read about his tactics. He is deceptive. He is cunning. He is crafty. He deceives. He does a multitude of things to destroy us spiritually. 
He disguises himself as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. He uses the truth, but he twists it and distorts it. I mean, he is there and you cannot fight him. He's a spiritual being. If you can see the enemy, you have an idea what's going on. But if it's a spiritual being, you do not see him. You do not know where he is. You do not know all the taxes that he's using. But God tells you he's out there. And what you need is to draw closer to God. Get closer to the commander-in-chief. Know that he's there with you as you fight these battles. He gives you the strength that you need. He gives you the weapon. The weapon is the sword, the word of God. That's the weapon of the spirit. That's what we use in fighting the battle. It's what it is written. Again, how did Jesus overcome the temptations of Satan in Matthew 4, 1 through 10? With every temptation that Satan placed before Jesus, it came back with, it is written. And then the last one, Satan uses the scriptures. But the scriptures also say, the scriptures say this. And Jesus replied, what the scriptures also say, do not tempt the Lord your God. It is right. And we live in a world that does not want to accept that concept. It is right to use scripture to restrict scripture. That's right and proper. Son of God did that. God will take care of you. You don't have to worry. You never stub your toe. God will watch over you. Well, the scriptures also say, do not tempt the Lord your God. That comes down to us as well. Do not tempt the Lord your God. Well, if he's with me all the time, well, I've got it made and I can just wage right into the midst of a fight. No. Use some wisdom. Use the word of God that works along the way that we can indeed do the things that are right. We do not fight Satan alone. We need to be reminded of that. We have God's help to help us do just that. And fight fair. Sometimes tactics that were used in physical warfare were a little bit dirty. Not always above board. It's not necessary spiritually. And that's the beauty that we have in the spiritual warfare that we wage is that we already know God is the victorious one. And that's what, again, Revelation tells you as you read through Revelation. You know, that's what sums it up as you read through it and try to figure out all the signs, the symbols, and what's involved and what's doing what. It just simply says at the end, God won the battle. He won the war. Satan lost. He's cast down into the pit of hell. That's it. Well, if you already know that, then what side are you going to choose to be on? The side that's going to lose? But it looks so good. It looks so appealing. It sounds so right. Whatever it is, that Satan's desire is to sugarcoat it to make it look good and appealing. He's very effective in what he's done. Very effective in what he's done. Just look at human history that shows you that time and time again. Uh, these people are bad, so another, another nation decides, let's rise up and rebel against them and take care of that. Well, they may do that. They may win the battle. They may win, lose that war. And if they win that battle, then guess what? There's another nation over here that decides, we're going to rise up against you. How many times has Israel won and lost battles? Because one, if they trusted God, they were victorious. If they didn't, they were taken off into captivity. And I always like Jeremiah as he talks about Jeremiah telling the Israel that they're going into captivity, for Babylon, for 
70 years. The false prophets came along and said, okay, first of all, they said no. First of all, they said, no, you're not going into the captivity. Jeremiah said, yes, you are. And then they decided, okay, you're going into captivity, but you're only going to go in there for about three years, and then you come back out. Jeremiah said, no, you're not. You're going in there for 70 years. I'll just tell you up front, when you go into Babylon for captivity, you just might as well do what? Hate every moment of it, look for every opportunity to resist them and to fight against them. He said, settle down. Build your houses, live there, because you're going to be there for the duration. I always like the, the one, though, about the figs. Jeremiah said, you see the two baskets of figs? One's good and one's bad. King James says, one is the naughty figs, and I always found that interesting, too. You know, what are naughty figs? Uh, but there were the bad figs. In Israel, again, who, were is, who was Israel? God's people. Israel concluded that the bad figs were going into captivity and the good figs were going to remain in Jerusalem because they were God's people and they are going to stay in the homeland. Jeremiah said, no, no, you got it mixed up. The good figs are going into captivity and the bad figs are going to stay in, Jeru- in Israel, in Jerusalem, in Judea. What happened to those who remained in the land during those 70 years? Often known as the Samaritans. Intermarriage with the people of the land. Bad figs. And out of the good figs that went into captivity would come the Messiah. See, that's why we do not draw the battle plans. We do not know the war. <laughs> we do not know how God is working. We, just, we need to know that he does. And ours is to trust him as he works through our lives to do the things that would be pleasing with him. Paul again reminds us in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, the weapons of the warfare, what we're to put on. Put on all of the armor of God. The battle belongs to the Lord, and the Lord says, here's what you need to have if you're going to fight the battle. Take time to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 to see what it is that we need to take care of along the way. Our enemy is still there. He's trying to stop us in whatever way that he can. But we are not to grow weary in our fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Do not become weary. It's easy to want to become weary. Why he says at times, Jesus would tell his disciples, you just need to come away for a while. You need to rest. You need to recuperate. And then get back into the battle. Don't become weary. The strength comes from the Lord. He knows you. He knows your strength. And he knows you have greater strength than sometimes you think you, that you have. But you've got to put a trust in him that his will is going to be work out, work out for what is best. We are not to be defeated regardless of what the circumstances look like. Again, physically, steady wars in history. How many times has it looked like a particular battle was going the wrong way? But because some were willing to stand and to stay and do what they were told to do, that battle turned around. 
outnumbered, surrounded, and yet we're victorious. Again, putting the trust in God. The stakes are too high to quit. We're to fight for God and do the things that will be pleasing in his sight along the way. Peter, as he's writing to those of his day, in the second letter of Peter, in chapter 1 and in verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You're not lacking anything in being able to serve God. He's provided it for you. He's given it to you. It's yours. You need to claim it. Again, the battle has to be fought. But again, as the song was, the battle belongs to the Lord. But we have to fight the battle. We have to get out there and engage the enemy. We have to be out there trying to release prisoners of the enemy to bring them back home. Souls that are entrapped in sin to show them that there is a way out. We try to do that physically, and we do have some success in that physically of trying to reclaim those who are held captive by whatever it may be, whatever drugs, alcohol, whatever else may be out there, trying to reclaim them. And we need to do that spiritually, trying to reclaim those who have gone back into sin or those who need to be able to come out of sin and to do his bidding to become his child in the first place along the way. Do we trust God in that life that we live? To trust him in working our lives. Again, we do not see the total picture of what the battle plan looks like because it covers from in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth until the last day and the, and the earth is burned up with intense heat and all the elements melt with intense heat. So that's the, that's the plan. And we're just a small, small part of that plan. And it's hard for us to fully see. So ours is, again, have to trust Jesus. Trust him in helping us in the life that we live. While we have, like 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18, I, I always love that verse, as well as many others. The Lord has placed us in the body just as it pleased him. He puts you where he wants you to be. And we know that because we're here. <laughs> we're not someplace else. He put us where he wants us to be. There's a reason for it. Ours is to understand that he made that choice. And so we work where we are. And if we end up moving, going someplace else, he'll put us where he needs us to be. And that's one of the beauties of being that child of God. I just do what he wants to be done, and he'll, he'll use it for his glory. But he puts us where he wants us to be. Also in Matthew 25 and verse 15, dealing with the parable of the talents. Verse 15, you know, the five talents, two talents, and one talent man. Uh, but he says in verse 15, God gave to everyone according to their several ability. God gave you what you need according to the ability that you have to do the job that he gave you to do. 
We're not all asked to do the same job. We would ask some of you to come up here, stand behind the pulpit and and preach. Uh, That might be a different story. Or we can ask some of you to stand up here and lead singing. Uh, That might be a different story as well. You know, I've often said, no, in my mind, I've, I've got perfect pitch. In my mind, I have perfect rhythm of what the notes say. But my voice does not always agree with my mind. I'm simply saying God puts us where he wants us to be. And we're to be used where God has put us. And if we use what God has given to us, he can multiply that. I've seen the spiritual growth in a lot of you. I've seen you do things you haven't done before. And that's letting God work in our lives. We work with the verses that he's given to us. We've got the word, that's our weapon to use to do the bidding that he would have us to do. Ours is to trust him. Paul would remind us in 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 5, that you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The battle's not a piece of cake. <laughs> it's hard. You're fighting against Satan. But you need to endure the hardship, knowing that he has not placed upon you anything greater than what you can bear. With every temptation, that's provided that way of escape. But he's with you. But you have to endure the hardship. You have to fight the battle. You have to stand up and do the things that are right, because indeed, they are right in the eyes of God. Fight that good fight of faith. Stand strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from Him. Understand what He's given to us. Be about the task that we have. Be faithful in the task that we've been given to bring honor and glory to the name of Christ, to the name of God, and for the glory of the kingdom of God. He works with us. Will we work with Him? Will we let Him work within our lives? To help us to grow in faith, to help us grow stronger, to help us to have what we need to be that which in what we do would honor and glorify God. Each one of us has to make those decisions. Each one of us makes those decisions day by day as we live our lives. Do we trust God enough to follow Him? Where are you tonight? Where are you in your trust? Where are you in your faith? Where are you in being this soldier that's in a warfare? Are you one that God is using and one that God can count on to be his servant or his soldier? As you look at your life tonight, if it's not where it needs to be, if you need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.